Amen. We're thankful. Thankful for our young people. Thankful for this midweek service. And we're praying that the Lord will be gracious to us this evening. As we continue our studies in the Bible doctrine, we're going to be looking at number 23 tonight. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Ephesians and chapter 2, and again, we're looking at our 23rd lesson in Bible doctrine. I pray God will bless the reading of His Word this evening. We're going to read verses 1 through 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible says here, And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince and the power of the air, the, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God. It's been noted. Many times down through the years how much I love these words. Because it says something that's special about to happen. Had it not been for God's amazing grace, you'd have never seen those two words in the Bible. But God. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now here is the bulk of our message this evening. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That God hath ordained that we should walk in them. You know, that word ordained is a very special word. It's something that lets us know that it's been predetermined by God Himself that all of His children shall perform good works. Now there's no hesitancy in what I believe here. I believe that those that are truly blood bought, born again Christians will perform those good works because God hath ordained it so. In other words, it is predetermined in eternity past that you are an individual who is born again will do that which is right and will perform those good works. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, 
Lord, and tonight as we bow before your throne, we do thank you for the day which you've given us. Thank you, dear God, for the good week. And I pray, Father, you'll watch care over those that are traveling tonight and those that are working, those that are sick. Lord, you know all about it. And I just pray that you will just be a gracious unto our church family. Father, for those of us that are gathered here this evening, I, I ask, Lord, that you open up our our minds to your word. Father, that not only you open up our minds to your word, but that you would open up our hearts. May our eyes see, and may our ears hear. May we be attentive tonight unto that which is right. And Lord, help us to deliver this word in a way that would bring honor and glory to your name, first of all. But Father, also I pray that you will bless your children. Help us this evening, dear God, to take thy word and apply it to our hearts and our minds. That we truly would be the fruit bearer that we need to be. Lord, I pray that you watch over us. And I ask, dear God, that you forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I want to bring a message tonight on the doctrine of works. Many times when you hear that mentioned, maybe a lot of Baptists will begin to cringe. Well, what in the world is he going to be talking about the doctrine of works? You know, in this world today in which we live, there's a lot of religions, a lot of so-called faiths that rely upon works for salvation I believe this one thing is, is rightly so is that those that are truly saved will perform good works. I remember back years ago, Brother Jim brought a lesson in. Now, I'm telling you, this was a long time ago, but it's something that has stuck with me for all these years. He said uh, about, uh, about this this art of bringing forth fruit. You know, it was mentioned that, well, we're not supposed to be judges. Well, I don't believe, and this is exactly what he said. He said, you're not a judge when you're a fruit inspector. You know what? I believe that to be so. I believe real people that are saved by the grace of God will have fruit evident, and it easily can be seen by those that are looking for that truth. Emmanuel, tonight's message is all about what should be evident after salvation. This is not even questionable. When it comes to those who have been dearly purchased and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, certain attributes are to be evident and they are to be sure in our lives. Without these attributes, which will be in the truly redeemed, Without them, so-called salvation is very questionable. I don't believe that God saves individuals and places them in his body without giving them something to do. I don't believe that we are saved to sit on a pew and wait on the Lord to call us home. I don't believe that. You know, I've heard... I've, I've heard uh, people say, older people say, well, we're getting too old. We can't do anything. I'll tell you what, you can be a prayer warrior. One of the greatest works, I believe, was just that. I mean, 
I remember uh, uh, this is one thing that we talk with Sister Mildred about all the time. She she speaks about the fact that you know she's just not able, but she says I can call and I can pray. You know what? There's no greater work for a person like that to do than just that. Her love for her church family is proven by her ability to pray for them. By her longing to talk to them. There's times when I come in and on my phone I see I see a, a message and, and a lot of times and and, and Sister Mildred is, is short and sweet about it. She'll just say, I just wanted to call and check on you. And, that's, and, and you know what that does to me? That's encouraging. That is encouraging. Or if I look down and I see that, that 7808, I believe it is. I know that Sister Mildred's been calling and wanting to know how things are going. Folks, that is a work that people... Don't need to belittle. This is a great work of, of God to those that are able to do it. Sister Everman, back years ago when I first came to pastor here, she always mentioned, she goes, I, I can't do anything anymore. I can't see. But she says, one thing I will do for you, I'll pray for you. I'll be your prayer warrior. And that's one thing that she always said, every time we would go to visit, I'm your prayer warrior. I will be a prayer for you. Folks, that is an evident truth and token of salvation in the born again. So I, I look forward to this. And you know, as I, as I, I you know, those are the people that, that you would most readily say and society would say don't have a whole lot to offer. But to me, is some of the greatest offerings that they can give is their prayers for God's people. It's a great work. So how much more should we be doing? How much more should those that are, that are born again and able-footed and able-minded be able to, to perform those good deeds to prove that we are truly saved by God's grace? How much more should we be doing? The first thing I want to look at tonight is, is, is this understanding, and I believe it's one of the greatest things we can get a hold of in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible says we are His workmanship. Listen, that means you cannot go wrong. That means that you have everything in the world to offer each other, your church family, fellow Christians, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You have everything in the world to offer them because you're God's workmanship. You're, you're Christ's workmanship. The Bible says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now the question must come forth, does God make mistakes with His children? No, he does not. God never makes mistakes or creates a bad product. It isn't like you have to go to the, to the uh, uh, what's this, uh, oh, the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to go to the Better Business Bureau with God. Everything that he has done has been good. Matter of fact, everything that he's done is, 
His workmanship and you are part of that workmanship. So tonight, I want us to consider these things. And I want you to think about this as we, as we look at this and I want you to think about what, what, what the Bible says. Ask yourself this question. Do I allow things to slip through my hands? When God gives you an opportunity, do you allow it just to, just to float away into the air? Or do you act upon those opportunities to do a work for Him? To do something that is beneficial to the body. To do something that will bring glory to the name of Almighty. Is there something like that goes on in our lives? I dare say that all of us have been in that position where... God has laid something on our hearts, but we stopped. And Brother Jamie said it very well the other day in vacation Bible school. We stopped and said, somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will do that. When God has laid it on your heart. You know what I'm saying? When God has laid that work on your heart, it's there for a reason. Nobody else has laid that there. It's God's Spirit as He spoke to your heart because number one, you being saved by the grace of God have been created in your His workmanship. So He places things in our hearts to do. Whether it's to go visit somebody, whether it's to pick up a phone and call somebody, whether it is to pray for somebody, whether it is to come and do a physical work for this body or for somebody in this body or for somebody in this community. You see, God gives you the, these abilities. And, and I know different things that have taken place in this body, not just for people that are part of this body, but for those in this community. And let me tell you something. Your work and your labor of love will not go unattended. Nobody else may not know this. Nobody else may have ever, may have ever heard of, or even thought of what You've done for somebody else. But listen, God put it on your mind to do that for a reason. That you may bring Him glory. And again, there may be those that, uh, you know, nobody else may know anything about those things. But listen, God knows. You've been a light to somebody else, maybe in this community. Or your neighbor. God has done something and you have done something in turn. Listen, it will not go without being blessed. You know, uh, I mean, there are certain things that transpire in this community that gets back to the pastor. You know what I want you to know? I thank God for you. I thank God for your work and for your kindness that you've shown to somebody that wasn't even a member of this body. You know who you are. Let it suffice to know that you've done God's bidding. And that, my friend, is quite enough, I do believe. But God has done that because you're His workmanship. That means that, listen, God cannot make a mistake with you. Whatever God has laid on your heart to do, do so. 
Whatever God has placed in your mind, uh, listen, it is something that's going to be beneficial to somebody else, whether it's in this house or in this community or somebody somewhere who knows where. But your good work and good deed is done because you're His workmanship. God has put that in you. And folks, I'll tell you, uh, uh, those that are those that are blessed the most in life are those that are willing to do what God lays on their hearts. You see, it's those little things that you say, "Well, somebody else will do that." You know what that is? That's a lost blessing for you. That's a lost uh, uh, avenue that you could have brought glory to God in. It'll always be that thing that's in the back of your mind when. Somebody else went and done what God asked you to do. God does not look at one of his children and say, oh, I messed that one up. I never gave them the ability to work out their own salvation. I remember one night when I was preaching on that, in Philippians in chapter 2, and... Uh, I know Brother Rick Evans, he was back here in the sound room. He said, whoa, what kind of message is this going to be? Work out your own salvation. You know, folks, I tell you, God gives every one of us the ability and not only the ability, but the temperament to work out our salvation. In other words, as James would put it, to prove your salvation by your works. A lot of people will sit back and they'll look at they'll look at the, and and you think about what James said. You know, you know, people say, "Well, I was saved by faith, and that's all I need." Well, I mean, that's all you need for salvation. But being saved by faith ought to produce the work therein. You see what I'm saying? The Bible says in Philippians in chapter two, verses twelve and thirteen. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see what I'm saying? God puts that will in your heart. When that name of that individual comes up and you know that that person may be in a position where they cannot help themselves, God has placed that name there for you to help them, to be a help to them. To prove your Christian, your Christian salvation by the very deeds of being Christ-like. So he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God that gives you the born again, gives you the born again, the desire to please him. Second Corinthians, verses five and six of chapter three speaks about a, a portion of scripture there that says, who also hath made us able. He was speaking about being ministers. God is, believe me, I've been there and I know what that's about. I told God, listen, there must be some mistake. I can't do that. I go back and I remember the words of my dad. Every time I, every time I hear I can't, 
I'll go back to, and I hear those words my dad said, and he said, I can't, never could do nothing. Folks, I want you to know something. If you're born again, you can because you belong to God. You're one of His children. You see what I'm saying? In James chapter 2, let's go ahead and read that. I I mentioned quite a bit of this just a moment ago, but in James chapter 2, let's begin reading at verse 14 here. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him? In other words, is it really possible that salvation can be there without some evidence of it? without some working evidence of salvation blossoming forth in you, is it possible that salvation can be had and nobody know about it? No, it's not. You see, salvation does something to an individual. It causes them to have a desire to express their salvation through their works. The brother, uh, the verse 15 says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Listen, words are cheap. You can tell me you're saved. But actions speak louder than words. You can tell me you're born again, but actions speak louder than words. You hear what I'm saying? You can tell me. I don't care how long you've been a member of the church. I don't care if you were born, brought into the church at a, at a young age and baptized. And, and, but if there's, no, if there's no Christian character there, I'm sorry, I have a question about that so-called salvation. People that come into the house of God and they act like they're so bored to hear the word of God, they roll their eyes and they sit back in their pews and they just look up. I have a question about people that say that they're saved that do that. Because the Bible says, here, listen, a Christian is going to have a different attitude, amen? They're going to be different. Again, words will tell you something, but actions speak louder. Verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's the reason why that I believe in the doctrine of works. That's the reason why that I believe that people that are truly saved by the grace of God, and listen, I'm not just talking about once a year thing. I'm not just talking about one of those little pet projects you do once a year, whatever it is. Listen, there ought to be constant works in a Christian's life that proves that they're really saved. They ought to have love for one another. That's one of the greatest proofs you can have that you're really saved by the grace of God. You have love for your brethren. Yea, a man may say thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show you my, I will show thee my faith by my works. You see, that's, that's, what, that's what James is saying here now. Now secondly, 
Works are fruit produced by the blood bought. In, in John chapter 15, you go to the vine. What does, what does the Lord say about those that don't bear any fruit? He says, I, I take out the branch. What does he do to it? He throws it in the fire. You know why? Because it never was something that could produce any fruit whatsoever. There was nothing there. There's nothing in a lot of, there's a lot of trees out there that doesn't have anything there. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ came to a fig tree one day and he was looking for fruit on the fig tree. And you know what? There was nothing there. You know what he done? He cursed that tree. It withered up and died and dried up. Where there is no fruit, where there is no fruit, you need to be questioning what you have. Did you really trust Jesus as your Savior or was it just something that you went through in a ritual? You know, there's a lot of people that really think they're saved that have gone through rituals that have never touched their hearts. And they wonder why I ain't like the other people. They wonder why. God's children will produce good fruit. You know, you know what it says in Matthew in chapter, uh, <clears throat> let's go back to Matthew in chapter 15 for just a moment. Now I want you to look at this. Make sure I wrote down the right scripture. In verse uh, number 13, the Bible says, and he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. You know, that goes back to that fruit-bearing thing. Here, you know, his disciples came and they were upset because the Pharisees were offended at the doctrine of Christ. He, he more or less said, listen, let them alone. He said, Lord, take care of all that. Those that don't really bear fruit, he'll purge them. He'll get rid of it. The make-believer and the pretender will be barren. This is why some come in and then they go out. They had that unction. They had not that unction from on high. They were not able of themselves to produce works with staying power. Colossians 3 and 1, the Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ. In other words, if ye then be saved by God's grace, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Matthew chapter 5, the Bible speaks about the fact that the Christian is a light bearer. And if you don't have any light, as a matter of fact, it goes back to that science project I've talked about for years that my wife done in school with the kids. You know, they took the salt and what have you, and uh, they were able to produce light with that. One of the craziest things, concepts I've ever seen. But I've, I didn't go to a higher education. Now, maybe that's the reason why I didn't know that. But I was sitting there and I was thinking about that. That salt, had it not been for the salt, There'd have been no light. You see the salt. The salt adds to, adds flavor. Salt is a preservative. 
Salt is that which cures as well. You take an old cow that's got pink eye. I mean, if you don't have the, uh, the money to buy the big shot and everything, maybe you can just take a handful of salt and thrust it in the eye. You say, well, did that really work? It really works. Ask Brother Jim, some of these older farmers, they'll tell you. That can actually dry the pink eye up. Take away the, take away the, 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 the nastiness of it. That's the way Christians are supposed to be to the world. We take, we take away the nastiness of it. You know, I, one of these days, people are going to find out what this world's really going to be like without any Christians. It ain't going to be very long. God's going to call his children home and you're talking about, you're talking about seeing total depravity. We think it's getting bad now. And folks, it is. It's wicked. I've seen some of the most wicked some of the most wicked, 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 wicked. And the thing of it is, you haven't seen anything yet. You see, when God's Holy Spirit is pulled off this place, and all of God's children, the born again, are moved, I'm afraid to say just how wicked it is going to be. I can't even imagine how wicked it's going to be. Because right now, he who led, in other words, he who, uh, he who is restraining right now, the Holy Spirit, he's the restraining object right now that, that, that is keeping most sin at bay. When he's gone, pure wickedness is going to be poured out upon this world. Are you truly saved? Are you truly saved? Listen, be a fruit bearer then. Be a fruit bearer. Now, now lastly, I want you to think about this. Is, is there a chance that you are, you who are saved are incapable of bearing fruit? Now, we kind of covered this, but I, I've just, I have to go back to it because I want to remind us again that you're born again and you're created and ordained unto good works according to God's word. That means God has predetermined that you will perform good works, good deeds. So there's not a chance that the truly born again will just go through life without ever producing good works. If God has ordained you to produce good works, believe me, you're going to do it. And God's Word says exactly that. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2 again and notice what it says here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Were his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Because God hath ordained it to be so. That God hath ordained it. Folks, I really don't know how much clearer the Bible has to be to get us to understand that. We that are born again must produce 
We must bear fruit. We must have the salt and we must be the light. Too many have not been taught this. They go on in false pretenses of so-called salvation, never having performed any good works, which God's word declares of the saved are unavoidable. The word ordained from Ephesians 2 and 10 is defined in the Greek as to prepare in advance. That's for Strong's concordance. The dictionary simply states it like this, to order or establish something. And I believe God's word has established the fact that we are to be fruit bearers. God has established that fact that the truly born again people will perform good works for his glory. Look at Ephesians 1 and 4 again. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Are you born again? I mean, do you love the word of God? Do you love coming to the house of God? Do you love the people of God? I mean, all those are different aspects of the of people that are truly saved by God's grace. Do you have that? Or does God's word just bore you to sleep? In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 down through verse 27, and I'll close with this. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself. Now, did you, did you catch that? He might present it to himself. Talking about the church, the born again, the redeemed that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The doctrines of work, listen, is a doctrine that is not taught in most Baptist churches today. It's not taught. You know, it, the only thing that's really taught in many churches today is you come, you feel good, you go home, and that's it. And God said there's a work to do. God says there's a work for you to do because he said I have ordained it to be so. You must perform that good deed, that good work. What's it proof of? Well, number one, proof of your salvation. It's also proof that you love the Lord. It's proof that you love the word. It's proof that you love the church. God says, I've ordained this to be so. And folks, when God ordains something, it's going to be so. That's just like our salvation. God ordained that. 
Had it not been for that, you know where we'd be? We would still be going to the devil's hell. Every last one of us. If God hadn't ordained us unto salvation, we'd all still be going to hell. I thank the Lord today that he's ordained a few things in my life. I wasn't always that individual that wanted to work. But I've found out something since the Lord, since I've started following the Holy Spirit's leadership. Every time that he puts somebody or something on my heart, I know that has to be of the Lord. It ain't the devil doing that. The Lord's speaking to you. He's saying, listen, this is what I want you to do. Be that blessing. You know, again, there's things that have happened in this community that nobody, nobody else knows about but you, God, the people that you've done it for. And they like to make sure that they know that the pastor knows about certain things. I thank the Lord for you because you've done what God laid on your heart and that means something. It means something about your character. It means something about your, the way that uh, you look toward salvation. May God continue to bless. May the rest of us continue to adopt that principle of listening to the Holy Spirit's leadership when he speaks to us. Let's do it.